Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wound Pickups. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our show, the Guitar Knobs podcast. Yes, that's right. It is the happy fun time guitar show. I just threw that in there this time. It's a one-time only thing. We've got a great show for you guys tonight, and we are excited to be talking with each other because we don't get to see each other, and it's a real drag. But Tony, may I ask you to inform our lovely guests, what do we do on this show? Well, we like to talk about gear. We like to talk about the people that make the gear. And we like to talk about boutique gear specifically, and that would include things like guitars and amps and pedals and accessories and all sorts of fun things related to musical enjoyment. Perfect. Well done. And we like to get the story behind the story. Yes. And occasionally we'll run a 101, one of Jared's oh, favorites. Oh, I yeah. love the 101 learning ones. Yes. And tonight, Jared, Tony is going to have to, it's going to be tough, but he's going to have to modify his normal stage voicing that he typically does. Tony can project quite well. Uh, we've got an awesome show because this gentleman is visiting us tonight. Gentlemen, who are you? Uh, my name is Santa Claus, and I'm about to augment your Christmas. <laughs> nice. Uh, I am Nick from Dirty Haggard Audio. Right on. Nick Rogers from Dirty Haggard Audio. We are thrilled that you are on the show tonight. Yeah. Um, Do you go I, by Saint Nick? <laughs> yeah, or Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got both of those covered. What about Paul Rogers? Well, you got it all. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> let's just make sure that everybody who's listening right now has the opportunity to check out your wares. What, uh, where can they find you on the internet right now? Uh, you could go directly to the website at dirtyhaggard.com or uh, what is the Instagram handle is uh, at dirtyhaggardaudio. That's right. And that's haggard, H-A-G-G-A-R-D, haggard. Uh, could you use that in a sentence, As please? in Merle Haggard? <laughs> Tony, holy I crap. I get a lot of that. You're I get the, a lot of Merle Haggard. Yeah. People are always saying that. Um, <laughs> well, I doubt that that's the case, is it? Is You're not related, right? Uh, not in the slightest, no. Okay, that's what I figured. <laughs> not a Noki from Muskogee. <laughs> yes. All right, enough with the Merle Haggard references. Let's get on with the show, shall we, gentlemen? Uh, We've got a couple of announcements real quick. We need to say thank you to Rode Mics for their awesome Rodecaster Pro console that Mm. we use. Uh, We love this thing. You know that. We we say it every week. Uh, We couldn't do the show without it, or it would just be very hard to hear us yelling from our homes to yours. That's Um, true. And also, the Procaster mic, these indestructible, uh, don't quote me on that, I'm not liable for if it destructs, which it probably won't. But anyways, they're really solid, and uh, they have been helping us out for quite some time, and and also with the latest awesomeness that we were able to uh, give away. So... Um, we also need to 
start hearing from Nick here real soon. What's going on in our music world this week, guys? Uh, Tony, you lead us off, and Nick's going to follow up. Sure. Well, uh, I think when last we spoke, uh, I was talking about uh, labeling my guitar cases with the Dymo M1011 industrial uh labeler yes so we've all used those little those little dymo machines that had the little plastic tape and and uh, oh my gosh man those are old school oh it's total old school well as we talked about i i uh i found a used unit uh for a very good price and i started labeling my guitar cases with this aluminum self-adhesive tape and they look, I think they look really good. I mean, because I've used everything from, you know, just, uh, you know, duct tape or gaffer's tape with, you know, writing on them with a Sharpie. And those inevitably fall off. So I'm going to see how these do. But I think it, you know, it, it's a, it's definitely a step up from where I was. So uh, as time goes by, we'll see how they stick on. But it, it works out so much better now. I, I actually forgot about some of the things that I had on the racks uh, and, uh, as I was opening up cases, I said, Oh, that's where that went. <laughs> so that's what I, I spent part of my day today doing. And my, my hand is very tired from it. So I couldn't, couldn't do all of my guitars, <laughs> but I got yes. a good chunk of it done. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Tony King of the serial updates. Um, Nick, <laughs> why don't <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about Summer Nam now? Yeah. <laughs> Nick, uh, what's going on in your music world, man? Uh, well, so today was my last day working before who knows how many furlough weeks. Um, and I recently just got a non-functioning uh, Fender Super 60 amp from someone on Craigslist. So uh, mm. what's new in my world is that I get to spend the next week building myself a tube amp from scratch out of the remains of that amplifier. It's very cool. Yeah, I am absolutely stoked. That's awesome. May I ask what now, you I'm not do right now? With, with... Uh, I, uh, I'm an electronics technician at a place that makes uh, really high-end audio analyzers. Holy moly. Ooh. You're just swimming oh. in this stuff. Indeed. Ah, Tony? So uh, I'm not real familiar with that with that model of amp. Is that a is it a newer one or is it a? It obviously, is a, it's tube based, but I think it's like 1993 or four or something like that. Hmm, huh. that sounds delicious. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Yeah, apparently, like the the uh, the reviews. I, I mean, I got it non functioning, so I was never able to really try it. But all the reviews that I read said that it was kind of lacking in tone and looking at the schematic you can see a few points where it's like you know things just don't quite make sense from a a good tone perspective so i don't know i'd probably be able to verify that if it was in front of me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm sure you could yeah you just why don't you touch either side of the uh yeah of the uh you know the high voltage i would just touch my tongue to it to see if it's still got you know, juice. that's right. The nine volt test. You <laughs> yeah. can do the nine volt test inside the amp. Well, that's really cool, man. You're going to have to post up. I hope you post up stuff about that. I'd like to follow that along. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll probably wait until it's actually like done and working because, uh, otherwise I'll, I'll lead a bunch of people on and then I'll just have a big pile of ashes to show them at the end. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Jared, what's going on with you, bud? 
So uh, something quite exciting for me, <laughs> and finally it doesn't have anything to do with the pickup world that I'm you know, drenched in every day, which I thoroughly enjoy. But mm-hmm. So the first band I was in when I was a teenager, uh, I worked with uh, my buddy Mike, and he, his little brother Mark uh, played bass. Mike played some guitar, and Mike wrote music. And, Sounds uh, like a Brian I, Adams song. Exactly. He's a really good songwriter. <laughs> he's got uh, a lot of uh, music that he's written over the years uh, and, and lyrics and whatnot. He's a really good songwriter. He's really good at putting lyrics to music and stuff. But anyway, he's been putting his ideas on um, his iPhone. And in, if everybody hadn't figured it out yet, I'm not an iPhone guy. But he's using, uh, or an, an Apple guy at all, but he's using an app called GarageBand. And he's, if, if you have ideas, that's a really good app because he, you know, he gets an orchestra in there. He's got the bass, the guitar. He's got all these effects. It's a really cool thing. So to make a long story longer, he, he called me up. He's like, hey, man, you got to get this app. You got to do this and I'll send you stuff and you can start putting guitar to it like I used to 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So he started doing that. And uh, I've been kind of using this um, other program on my PC, but it's I can't, I can't see all the individual tracks, so I decided to break down and buy an Apple product. So I bought an iPad. <laughs> I did. Welcome. I did an iPad. I got Welcome, an iPad. Jared. So, I mean, I could start, collaborating with my friend again you know that i've been doing this since i was a teenager and i finally get to do it again and it might get me playing more i don't know so that is really really exciting for me and it's kind of getting us closer again and kind of rekindling that old times kind of feeling i mean we're not going to go out and do gigs but just being able to collaborate on on files and mix things and it just feels really good. So yeah, I'm really excited about. I that. think you it's should a, go do gigs. I can't. I we could. I mean, we could actually get the original band. <laughs> no, together. you can't. We could you can't. later on after Not. the, you know, all this crap goes <laughs> after away. The plague. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After the plague. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're going to enter a world of awesomeness with uh, with one of those iPads, man. So um, yeah, it's. It, it's a feeling I've been had. It's I'm so excited about it. It's it's it really means a lot to me to be able to to do stuff with him again. That's cool. That's no, good. That's nice. Nice to hear that's that. Nice. And that's about it. No, right. No summer nam. <laughs> Slipped it in there. That's uh, it. Let's see. Uh, for How me, about you, Todd. Yeah, you always wait until I say for me. You, I have to say <laughs> of it. Of course, I have to bring myself flowers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so always the bridesmaid, never a bride. Exactly. I am trapped in my house as we all are, but I'm. I have to do video conferencing and calls all day long. Um, I'm. Oh, I wow. run a team of people, and uh, I'm just. That's. I'm chained to it, and so I decided. You know what? I'm. I'm in my. I'm in this this office, and I've got most of my guitars in here, hanging up, looking at me, going like, "Dude, come on, play me." And so I just figured, you know what? I'm going to use the old mute button a whole bunch. <laughs> and um, 
so I've been, uh, it's been very interesting because I just decided, you know, I'm not going to sit there and try to play songs because then I'll be distracted and I'm not being a good leader for the people that are, that are asking me things. But what I am doing, because it's sort of mindless a little bit, is um, I'm doing, uh, I'm, I'm just taking each one and just doing little uh, unplugged scale thing, you know, just you know, but I'm doing it on the bass, I'm doing it on acoustic, I'm doing it on a telly, I'm doing it on a, I'm just going down the line. And it's, and they feel all very different, of course. It's kind of fun, actually. I think something that I'm starting to feel fatigue from is um, just motionlessness. Mm, yeah you know so at least that's getting my my hands and you know i'm i'm I, whether i'm standing up or sitting down and by the way anybody that actually does listen from work which i think there are a few people i am 100 percent engaged in listening <laughs> i'm able to to hold the guitar and listen at the same time so anyways that's been kind of nice that's my thing boom one two one two three four on the floor all right nick rogers from Dirty Haggard Audio. Let's hear your four on the floor. Okay, so three of these I actually just got very recently, but they're brilliant and I absolutely love them. Um, so number one, the most recent, is the uh, optical ring from Audio Disruption Devices. Ooh. Um, mm. Actually, so the reason I have it is uh, he posted uh, on his Instagram to other builders, hey, do you want to do a trade? And I was like, yeah. Um, and so basically I just said, I want something that sounds, uh, effed up <laughs> and, and he's like, do you want this? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a, it's a ring modulator and a fuzz pedal and a tremolo, uh, all in one plus more when you start fiddling with it. It's really, uh, F wording cool. <laughs> awesome yeah you know it, maybe if you want to figure out like a code word for that you know like taco or something <laughs> it's really yeah. taco cool yeah there you go perfect <laughs> yeah this pedal is better than like four chicken tacos i swear <laughs> um and he gave me the uh the custom like beat up version so it literally looks like it's been on tour for probably 30 years oh wow <laughs> um yeah it's That's it's cool. gnarly it's great do you typically play with ring modulator kind of thing or? Um, so when I, when I do record, this will come back around with number four. Okay. Uh, when I, when I do recording, um, I do a lot of overdubs and like lead parts with the most like messed up sounding equipment I can find because like I, when you layer it with like a really good tone, I just think it makes the sound like it just pops. It just sounds so like dense and unique. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it's like, it's one of those, like you, you pull it out on occasion for accent parts. Mm -hmm. Um, but generally when I play, it's, uh, it's just, it's usually just through in like in a really aggressive fuzz pedal. Nice. It's like Frank's yeah. red hot. Yeah. Or Sriracha <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Cool. what did you get for number two? Number two is, uh, it's a collaboration between, um, transmutation devices and Pepper's pedals. Uh, it's called the Satanist. Um, it's like the most tastefully tuned uh, metal pedal that I have ever come across. Huh. Uh, like normally for metal pedals, you know, the gain is just, it's like at 120 
at all times and you can't do anything <laughs> about it. But this one, like, even at maximum gain, you, you like, you know, you can still, it, it's, it's just great sounding. It doesn't sound over the top. It doesn't sound like it's trying to do anything, uh, I don't know, metal, I guess. Yeah. It, it just sounds great. So yeah, for like rhythm tones, for like heavy palm muting and stuff, it's, it's just really, really chunky. It should be called One Less Black. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or not. No, it's the, the title, it, it, it's great the way it is. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Don't change a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Remove your marketer hat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about number three? Number three. Okay, so uh, that's another trade. Um, I got this from uh, Dan from Spun Loud Effects in Seattle. Um, it's called the blister and peel. It's, uh, two like low mid, uh, what am I saying? It's, uh, two pedals in one, basically. They're both kind of low to mid gain fuzz pedals. Um, so you can get a lot of really cool, like overdrive-y kind of sounds out of it. But then if you activate both of them at once, uh, particularly with the, front end one with all knobs on maximum it just gives you that like absolutely perfect torn speaker fuzz sound mm -hmm. uh so yeah it's it's another like absolutely amazing uh recent find that's uh, dude you so you've already dropped you've dropped two that i am not familiar with spun loud and yeah. And uh, we're just really, I know you just said it, sorry, my brain's mush after a hard day. Where, what was the, what was the one that the, the pedal right before this one? Uh, the, the Satanist by, uh, transmutation devices, comma, peppers, pedals, peppers, pedals. That's yeah, that's okay. So I'm all right. We're, we'll follow up with these guys and see, see what's up with them. That's cool. <laughs> I that's what this is about. I love hearing new stuff. That uh, we're not that I'm I'm not familiar with I'm, and maybe everybody else is and I'm just a late bloomer. <clears throat> Apple product. Yeah, I've been I've been finding a lot of uh, really small <laughs> small local builders that are they're just doing really really cool stuff. It's it's great. I've been I've been networking as much as possible lately. So. Fantastic. All right, nice. last one. Okay, so this one uh, going back to what I was saying about using the most like gnarly screwed up sounding pedals while recording. So everyone hates this pedal. Everybody. <laughs> um, it's the uh, Digitech RP, you know, X. I have the 50. A lot of people have like, what, 55 and 100 or whatever. Um, but yeah, the uh, Digitech RP 50. It's like a million different digital uh, effects in one. Um, <laughs> it sounds god awful if you play it by itself. <laughs> but it's just got Perfect. these really cool like octave sounds. Uh, and it's it's all digital, so you can play chords, and it doesn't it doesn't have any tracking issues. Um, and so, like the last uh, the last industrial noise metal album that I recorded, that's that's doing like so much uh, overdubs just because really? mixing it with like really proper sounding rhythm guitars. It just you know you get like the the great like tube rhythm sound, and then you have this strange digital like quirky sound on the top of it, and they just they like. They separate themselves in the mix so brilliantly. I have an RP500 I bought about, I don't know, so many years ago. So I, many, I actually probably. used out uh, and gigged with it because I did top 40 stuff. So I needed mm -hmm. all the effects known to man. And that thing did a really good job. I mean, yeah, I didn't. I had no pure sound by any means, but 
it did the job. It's it's got yeah, it's got a lot of really, really cool sounds in it. Yeah, it has all the sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see. I smell a trade coming. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna actually, run one of those into another. I actually used it. Um, I kind of used it for this to lay down a track actually yesterday. So yeah, nice. Um, That's hilarious, Jared. You've I mean, got like twenty million dollars worth of actual, like, really good equipment, and the well, first chance you get to, to, to put use my something on tracks, so use the crappiest thing you well, can get your hands. I have, well, yeah, I've, I've got the, <laughs> the really expensive oxes, right? But I, you have to plug them all in, and you got to bring a big amp over. I just grabbed this in the power cord, <laughs> plugged it in. Skip through mm. a bunch of effects to find the best sounding one, and I was ready to go. And it, and it was really easy to use. And I mean, it's just an idea anyway. So, but yeah, if we That's actually fair. go to re- yeah, if we actually go to record the real deal, of course I'll get the the good goodens out. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. That's a very interesting four on the floor. I must say, those are all four that have never been on before. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's good i'm gonna pat myself on the back for that yeah, yeah. especially the uh the rp model uh by the way uh speaking of four on the floor as we transition out of this i got another i'm just i'm so thrilled that, that you know people have liked the four on the floor or and are interested in in all the pedals and everything to the point where so we had we had uh, one fellow that that basically put in all of the information into a spreadsheet. We we went over that. We had a whole episode where we went over that. So we had this guy. Um, I'm, his name is uh, well. Just in case that there's any weird legal stuff or whatever, I'm not. I won't mention mention his uh, last name, but his first name is Todd, like me. Uh, and huh. he said, "Hey, is I'm it Rundgren? Really, yes, it's Rundgren. <laughs> <laughs> so." Uh, <laughs> This guy calls up, he sends me an email. He's like, I, I really am interested in the four on the floor, uh, the data. And I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. And so we got to talking and he's basically a data visualist as I, as far as I can understand it. And turns out we worked at one of the same companies before, which will remain nameless right now. Yeah. So he said, hey, I'd love to see what happens when I kind of plug all that data in. And I was like, yeah, man, have at it. So it's really cool. Like, hey, if you want to maybe do something with this data, I guess hit me up because everybody else is. <laughs> but it would be really neat if we could actually get something out of this that was in some way useful to someone. So there you have it. How about that? Maybe maybe you could have like a graphical painting based on the data or a poster. A poster. I'd be willing to do that. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Maybe it's just something cool that we that gets put up on the internet. And he goes, "That's really cool. Glad you put it on the internet." All yeah. right, we are going to transition into some awesome interviewing stuff. But I first, I want to say thank you to John Finnell, who has been housing us and our gear over at Relay Recording for uh, well since what December? A long time. Yeah, mighty um, long time. For it's sure. awfully nice of them to do that. Indeed. Uh, John is a producer and recording engineer and is eager to record you and produce you, mix you, and master you. He is a, He's great at getting guitar tone because he is a guitarist himself. And I know this through personal experience. I'm thrilled to death. I'm thrilled to death with it. 
I'm thrilled to death. He can also, I'm told, have get good bass tone and drum tone and even vocal tone. All the tones. He's exceptional. All the that. tones. Yeah. So if you're interested <laughs> in upping your uh, tonal game as you're going into recording oh. or just need some, you know, need somebody to talk to, uh, you got John Fintel. Dot com that's j o n f i n t e l dot com at relay recording dot com uh, and they're right here in Columbus but he does travel so hit him up uh, okay Mister Nick what are we going to talk about here we're going to talk about you Dirty Haggard Audio is what we're talking about uh, you make some some pedals that make some pretty mean noise and they're very cool looking I might add. Um, Ooh, thank you. We are looking at the de- demonic percolator right now, uh, which is in a sparkly black uh, <laughs> case, which I, I, I'm a fan of sparkle. And I'm a fan of black. So ding, ding. Uh, we got a little uh, vulture guy uh, clawing a, a head. Like It's almost like uh, if anybody remembers the old, um, from old Thrasher days and stuff, um, Puss Head did some amazing artwork. He was behind a, a lot of the early Metallica artwork and everything. Uh, and that, that's what that reminded me of right away. I was like, Oh, that's, that looks kind of familiar. But anyways, so you are, a, an electric engineer guy, right? Uh, technician, technician. What's the difference? Um, the engineer actually designs the circuit, the technician troubleshoots and repairs the circuit basically. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So you got a lot of background in this stuff. All very recent, but uh, cumulatively, I guess so. Tony, you're, a, you're an electric engineer, right? No. Oh. <laughs> Not by any stretch. <laughs> I was just checking. <laughs> I, start, I, started, I started off life as a, as a mechanical engineer. <laughs> That's uh, completely I, different. That was a completely different thing. Yeah, but, I, was, uh, I was just but, checking. But maybe then, you were. Then I changed my major. Yes. Uh, so how did you... Obviously, you've got interest in that field. Um, you have been a musician for a long time? Uh, yeah, more than half my life now. How did you get started in that? Um, uh, in music in general yeah, or pedals? Yeah. Um, so, kind of funny story. I guess... Uh, when I was young, I was exposed to primarily country music. I grew up in uh, northern Wisconsin. And uh, one day, I just happened across a Marilyn Manson music video. And I was like, oh, no. Uh, and basically, I, I turned into, like, you know, the, the angsty teen, like, the next day. And so, I kind of just got into, like, like, Manson and Nine Inch Nails and all this, like, really heavy industrial stuff. Um, and then... Uh, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I just started asking my parents for a guitar. And so I think it was like my 13th birth or no, it was Christmas. I think it was like my 13th year Christmas. Um, my parents just handed me a bass and I was like, Oh, cool. Now I'm a musician. Um, (laughs) yeah. And then, and then I, you know, I started trying to like write my own, my own music and stuff. I, uh, I figured out how to record, uh, hook two cassette depths, uh, cassette decks up to one another and like do overdubs and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then eventually, uh, I went to college for music production, which was a massive waste of time and money. But, 
you know, still learned a lot of really cool stuff. Just could never find any any work doing it. Um, and then, I don't know, after four or five years of being a warehouse worker, uh, I decided to go back to school for electronics and immediately got a job. So, yeah. Now, when you st- when you started uh, getting into that, that's a, that's a big jump from going, hey, I'm a musician and I like electronics too. I'm going to start building pedals. So where'd that progression come in? Um, I guess, I mean, I guess, I, I've just always really loved music. And so as soon as I, I started learning electronics, um, I got re- really curious as to whether or not I could, I could, you know, put my own circuits together that would actually like make cool sounds. And so, um, it's, it's kind of a running theme among builders. Like, you know, you, you find a schematic online and you're like, Ooh, I can put a transistor in a breadboard. Um, so I just I tried that one day. I put I put together a uh, a Fender blender, and it just worked like straight away. Um, and then basically, you know, four months later, I was starting a business. Wow. Now, when you after that first pedal, I mean, like, did you did you take that and did you immediately say, cool? Well. This is good. I mean, I know that you started a business, so I can gather the progression. But why don't you walk us through how you go from plugging in something to a breadboard to now you're starting a pedal company? <laughs> uh, I I don't really know how to describe it other than perhaps like irrationally skipping a thousand steps and just diving into it. <laughs> um, that's literally what I did, though. I, I mean, I, I put together the uh, the Fender Blender and like a big muff, and then then I got to the the Shinai Companion, which is the the basis for the first pedal that I released. Um, and I figured out how to you know fix a bunch of things that I thought were subpar about the original circuit. Like I added a noise gate because because the original circuit was just I mean it's it screamed at you just nonstop with hiss. Um, and so that's one of the first, that's a, that's a really early pedal. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like 1970s, I think sixties or seventies. Um, yeah. And so like, I just, I, I figured out how to make it, uh, you know, to, to my standard, what, what I felt was good. And I, I showed it to a couple people and they thought it was great too. And so I was like, Oh, uh, okay. Um, I don't want to have a boss, so I'm going to start my own business. (laughs) Well, that's what Tony and, and Jared did. Potentially, <laughs> we don't need no boss, man. <laughs> so, so, what was the first pedal that you put together? Is and and I mean, aside from the you know, you talked about the the Fender Blender and and these other ones. Yeah. The so first real pedal, the company pedal. The first, okay, yeah, the first the first company pedal. So it's it is that that um that Shinai pedal, the uh, the companion fuzz, except it's it's you know with all the modifications that I made to it. Um. So, so, you know, it is, it is pretty, pretty strongly based on that original pedal, but it's, uh, it's much louder. It's much, um, it, it's got a much lower noise floor. Uh, and like the gain structure is, in my opinion, much, uh, it makes a lot more sense. The original one, it basically had two transistors like out of phase going into either side of a pot. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, "That's stupid. Why don't I put this pot before both of those stages?" Um, work. 
yeah, and it worked and it sounded cool. And so I was like, all right, Excellent. I guess I guess I'm going to be Dirty Haggard Audio because people <laughs> will think that that's eye catching or whatever. Um, Can I ask you a quick question? Um, this is the thing that fascinates me. Uh, and I, I never I don't know that I articulate it when I'm talking with the guests, but you know, you said, well, that's dumb. Why don't I just do this? And you said, oh, I'm going to put the pot in front of that. How, how is that something that you figure out through your electric experience or th how do you, how do you get to that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Cause I had, uh, so just n from, from, uh, the class I was just in, I could, I could tell you that, uh, the first transistor stage inverts the signal 180 degrees out of phase. And then the second one does the exact same thing. It kind of undoes what the first one did. And the output for both of those transistors was going into either side of a potentiometer. And I just thought that was stupid because in the center of that potentiometer, like they're, they're just fighting with each other. Mm. And so I was like, well, I don't, all that's going to do is reduce volume and gain. So let's get that out of there. It's interesting that a pedal that early that, you know, now if you try to buy one of those on the market or something, it's like, boy, reach deep into your pocket. Oh, yeah. Is, <laughs> could be built in such a way that it's like, well, you know, that's kind of wacky. Why, how does, why does that even work? How did it gain the, the acclaim that it has or, or last as long, you know? I mean, obviously many pedals came after that who probably realized, hey, I can do this better. But it's just so interesting when people put a lot of importance or monetary weight into something that doesn't sound good or isn't built well or, or <laughs> you know. And there's a lot out there, yeah. I think, uh, like, the, the trend that I, I, I feel, it, like, happened uh, when fuzz pedals and all that were, were first being designed is basically, like, Make it sound broken with as few parts as possible. And I think that's kind of where that came from. Well, that's an interesting theory. I don't think we've heard that one. So there you go. Knowledge has been dropped. <laughs> I like it. So you've taken it to the extreme because your pedals are all about, like, you're trying to make a car wreck in a box. Yeah, with with as little noise as possible. That's that's kind of like a key element to everything I'm doing. I want it to be ridiculously high gain, but have as little noise as is humanly possible. How, did, how does one go about yeah. doing that? Ooh, uh, noise gates. They're my favorite mm -hmm. thing in the world. So in, internal noise gates. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really cool what you can do with just a couple resistors inside of a transistor-based circuit. Most people aren't mentioning that. So is that, did you look around and go, why isn't anybody doing this? Am I the only one doing this? Are other people, maybe I'm, maybe I just don't know that many other people are doing that. I don't see that many people doing it, honestly. Um, I think a lot of people, so, I mean, I've got, um, I've got about 12 years of like amateur recording behind me and like the bane of my existence on every single session was like background noise because I was using really ch uh, terrible cheap equipment and, uh, you know, bedrooms and garages. So there's just always noise everywhere. And after so many years of dealing with that, it just it became one of those things, one of those like pet peeves that I just couldn't deal with at all. Uh, like just hearing any any hiss i'm just instantly like oh no you didn't um 
And so, so yeah, I just, uh, yeah, every time I had something breadboarded, I was like, all right, what can I do here? Where, where can I insert, uh, these diodes or these resistors to kill this so I don't have to hear it? Nice. And I, th I think a lot of other people, they're just like, it's a dirt box. It's going to make noise, which I mean, I, I love that attitude. It's so punk rock, but. Um, I'm just one of those people who really latches onto something and gets really furious about it. And so I can't let it go. Uh, why don't we talk about some of your pedals since we just kind of mentioned like all these car wrecks and a box and stuff. So we've got the <laughs> de demonic percolator in front of us. Tell us about that one. Okay. So that one is the, uh, that one's the latest, uh, official release. Um, it's everyone is doing a version of the, the percolator, but, uh, what I noticed when I was doing and can, like, can you just just really quick, Nick, can you can you explain? So when when you're saying everybody's doing a percolator, give us a little bit of background on on the percolator. Okay, yeah. So the uh, the Interfax Harmonic Percolator it was made by, as far as I know, um, as as far as all the the stories uh, say, it's it's made by one person in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, they were apparently like just super rare. Uh, I, I can't remember. I, I don't know if, if all of what I've read is, is accurate or not, but a lot of like the, the lore behind it is basically like they were kind of custom made or made in like really tiny batches. Um, it's, it's always done with a high gain uh, NPM silicon transistor and a lower gain PNP germanium. And they're kind of stacked on top of each other in like this weird uh, crossover distortion kind of way. Um, and so then, you know, like, uh, Steve Albini's name comes up every single time the percolator comes up because apparently he used them on a, on a few of his bands, like, like major records. Um, so there's just like a lot of like lore behind it and they're mm -hmm. super rare. And so of course, you know, it's a rare piece of equipment. Everyone wants it. Sure. Um, how about but, the sound signature? So yeah, it's got, it's really mid range heavy. Um, even with the mid scoop circuit that I put in it, it's like super, super mid range heavy. Um, and it's got, I don't know how to really describe it in, in terms that make sense to other people, but I think it sounds like flat. So it's just got this like, uh, again, I don't know how to make this make sense to other people, but I describe it as like a flat sterile sound, mm -hmm. uh, but in a good way. And so, yeah, it's like just really, really mid range heavy and, and like flat sounding. It doesn't have, a lot of like really bright tones. Hmm, interesting. Um, at least not the ones that I've, I've played around with. Um, yeah. And then, so, so when I was, when I was prototyping, um, I, first of all, I just wanted to build one for myself. And then when I got it finished, I just fell in love with it. And I was like, okay, I should probably just make this for my business. Um, but one of the problems I was having is that, uh, there's no way I could make just the original circuit and have it not have like a, uh, a, a clean to noise ratio of like two to one. Like it was just insanely noisy, uh, no matter what I did. And so I basically had to uh, put on my proverbial thinking cap and figure out how to build in two noise gates into one circuit, <laughs> which is a first. <laughs> um, and then just, yeah, figure out how to make it... Uh, basically spit fire at you yeah so so yeah i added a uh a, a clean boost into the the front end of that one the demonic percolator one uh that goes right into like the 
the more or less standard um, demonic percolator topology. And then it goes through the second noise gate. The first noise gate is like right in the first clean boost stage. Uh, and then it goes through like a, a, a modified um, big muff tone stack. Uh, I'm kind of realizing at this point that I, I may have made it a little bit too restrained, but I wanted it to kind of be like a fine tune. Um, but yeah, anyway, it goes through the tone stack. Uh, that's a good way to describe it. I would say, cause it doesn't, I don't I think it, and Tony, you know, Tony and I, and well, we all played them, but yeah, uh, that didn't have a ginormous range of, of tone. So I think the fine tuning thing was a, is a good thing to point out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I know like I've got, I've got a few pedals where it's got, it's just got the one tone knob and you go a little bit too far one way and it's just pure bass and a little bit too far the other way and it's pure treble. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted it to be like the, the center, like 30% of a standard, like big muff style. Right. Well, and that would be maintaining the original percolator, you know, DNA right there to a certain yeah degree. yeah it keeps it, it it keeps it like it gives it that same fundamental sound no matter where you have the tone knob. Um, so yeah, it goes through that tone stack and then it goes through like an output boost because um, the original output volume was a little bit low. Uh, yeah, and that's it. Nice. And what do you think? Like, if if someone picks it a, picks this up, do you think this is particularly geared towards specific kind of music or instrument? Um, yeah, so I've gotten a lot of like really interesting feedback from it. Um, some some bass players say that it's absolutely amazing. Um, some some doom metal players are like, I I can't use this. So I think I think if you play some kind of like psychedelic or I, I guess maybe like lo-fi stoner type music, it's probably it's probably really good for you. Um, I don't know who who plays like a standard percolator. Who likes that sound? I think. I think it's got a lot of random a applications, just maybe not as a lot of people's primary sound. That's a fair way to put it. Very democratically said. <laughs> 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 You've got the DH2 Death Fuzz Distortion pedal. So, okay, so that's that's the one I was talking about a minute ago, the uh, the Shinai one. If someone's looking at this, what can they expect from it? And And again, I think, what do you think that this would lend itself well to? So yeah, that one you can expect. Uh, <laughs> you can expect basically complete signal destruction. It's great. <laughs> I, I love it so much. Um, it uh, it Sold. rolls off. <laughs> it rolls off a lot of low end. Um, it's it's basically got. It's got a ridiculously aggressive like high pass filter, and a mid mid cut um, like all at once, and so. So, you know, you, you get a lot of mid scoop, you get this tiny little bump in the low end, and then you just get a lot of, of high mids and highs. And so it's like a, it's kind of like a buzzsaw sound, not, not too much like the, uh, the HM2 kind of buzzsaw, but like, you know, like the fuzz version. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's just really cutting and aggressive and, uh. I don't know. I just think, I think it's great. Anytime you just want to be like really trebly and like obnoxious, any kind of application. <laughs> like Jared. You want that for. Trebly and obnoxious. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you got some really cool artwork on this too. I, I'm really, I'm, I'm a fan of this one. I, actually, I think this is the first one when I, when I saw your, uh, one of your posts on Instagram, I was like, whoa, 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 wait, what's this here? This is cool. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it's my it's my favorite artwork. Big giant haggard tooth skull with like rays behind it. It's really cool. Are you are you doing the artwork on these? Um, I'm not. So I actually I went on like a week long hunt for a local artist, and awesome. Literally, the only person I found who had like as one of their pieces something that looked evil. Um, she just turned out to be like one of the coolest people and honestly, one of the best artists that I've ever like, like known. So, um, so yeah, I, I found one single person and they turned out to be like the person. Um, I think her website is uh church of Simontology.com. Her name is Simon. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, but she's like she's she's a graphic designer. Uh, like that's her primary job, and then she does you know contract work on the side, and, and yeah, it were it's perfect. It's, the, yeah, this it's is great. Really I, I give her good stuff. Yeah, I give her a directive, and she just she throws this at me, and I'm like, oh my god, that's ten times better than I thought. Yeah, brilliant. Well, now everybody's intrigued, if nothing else, huh? <laughs> All exactly. right. Uh, How about the torsion? Yes. Torsion, yeah. So that's a uh, completely original design. And I'm really stoked because a lot of people seem to like that. So that kind of, I don't know, it gives me that feeling of validation, that cozy feeling. Um, it's just basically two transistors, and then that goes into a uh, LM386 uh, power amp chip. Um, used in all kinds of different like fuzz and distortion circuits, but I've never really seen it... Um, I guess is like the output stage of like a several stage fuzz pedal. I'm sure that there's plenty of designs that do that. I just don't know about them. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's three gain stages. Uh, what I think is a really cool and simple tone stack that allows a lot of, uh, variability you can do like really aggressive mid scooping and then all the way up to mid boost. Well, and to be clear, you don't really have a tone knob on this. It's it just says mids and then there's tilt. Yeah, so the tilt is like a uh, bass treble. And so yeah, it kind of kind of breaks it into into two things. You can have like mid-range heavy and then you can have bass heavy or treble heavy or, you know. That's one of those things that I think you're very clever here because if it just said like bass and treble and mids it, it, i'm not saying it would it would feel um uninteresting but it would it's certainly more interesting they're like tilt i need that <laughs> actually that was like i was gonna just write tone there but then i was so like, glad I was, you didn't yeah yeah i was reading some documentation and someone called it tilt and i was like oh i guess that's what the proper name is i should probably use that yeah I like it. And then this also has this awesome globe in the middle. Tell us about that. Ooh. Um, I just like, uh, I guess, big flamboyant lights. Uh, and so I was like, well, I should probably insert that right dead center into this guy. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's neat. And it's a, it's a slightly bigger format. Yeah, what is it? I can't remember uh, the actual number of the box, but fifteen ninety double B. Fifteen ninety double B. That's what ah, Tony that's is. What I, th I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh boy! Um, so what? Uh, what can people expect from that when they plug in and they got they're ready to go? What are you going to hear? 
Um, so when I, when I first made it, like I wanted it to be basically like, a uh, what's, what's the cliched terminology? Like the, uh, the switch, what is it? Damn it. Um, the Swiss army knife. That's what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, so I wanted it to be useful for pretty much anything that you wanted to do with a fuzz pedal. Um, which, which is why I made the, uh, the, the tone controls as they are. So, cause I, I know a lot of people like the vintage sound where it's just like gain and volume and it's just kind of like more or less a flat frequency response. Um, and then I, I play a lot of metal and so I love the scoop mid sound. So I wanted that to be in there. Um, so, so yeah, I, I basically had like as many, I, I wanted it to be applicable for as many styles as is possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also wanted it to be just absolutely like gnarly and of course, you know, low noise. That goes without saying. Yeah. We, <laughs> we know that about you now. <laughs> so what else, uh, do you have any other, uh, uh, goodies coming up that you've been working on? Um, so the, the last one that I, I kind of did like an unofficial release, um, it's called a 3904, uh, named obviously after the transistor, um, it's just a one knob fuzz. I was just playing around one day and I was like, Oh, that's cool. And so like, I've, I've kind of, you, you have to hit me up like directly if you want one. It's, uh, uh, I think I've sold like three or four. Um, it's a top secret one. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know. I, it's, it's not specifically special in any real way. It's just the standard, like here's a usable fuzz and it's super silent. But yeah, so upcoming things. Uh, there is another local builder in Portland, um, another guy named Dan. There's like 30 of them I know now <laughs> in the pedal community. Um, so he does uh, Blamo Electronics. Oh, yeah, um, he's coming up on the show. Wow, right on. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, but we're doing, we're doing a collaboration. Um, I should have asked him if he wanted me to tell you what it is or not Ooh. uh i yeah i don't i don't know if i'm really at at liberty to discuss we'll what keep it, it a secret yeah, yeah that's okay it's, uh, it's a it's a really awesome circuit it's it is a clone it's not really an original but it's one of those it's one of those clones that like no one does for some reason um and I've, I've just had several people talk to me about it, like, longingly, like they really want it. And so I'm like, oh, all right, here you go. Well, that's uh, cool. Yeah, so so he's doing all the uh, the enclosure, like, artwork and all that stuff. And, and I got the task of creating the PCB for, for it. Um, so that one's... Oh, and actually, I screwed up the PCB. I accidentally transposed the, uh, the gain and tone knobs. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had to uh, redo the PCB. And send off for that. So that got delayed a few weeks. Um, and then I'm I'm working on a overdrive and compressor in one, specifically for bass players. Hmm. Uh, I got a bass amp and it's just noisy and it, it, it doesn't have a good compressor in it. So I was like, well, why don't I just make my own? And then I was like, wait a minute. A lot of bass amps don't have compressors built into them. Why don't I create an overdrive with a compressor in Boom. it? Boom. <laughs> and next you can make one that'll fit inside of the base Ooh, yeah <laughs> that's a good idea so is that in uh super early stages is it uh 
Yeah, it's in it's it's an LT Spice stage right now. So I've I've just mm-hmm, done mm-hmm. Uh, done some simulating. Cool. Uh, it's it's kind of a bear because I'm trying to to split the signal so you can do two different like EQ things simultaneously. And anytime you add any reactive elements like capacitors or inductors, you get phase shift. And so then when you mix the signals back together, uh, the result I get specifically playing like a low B string on a five string is that all of like the super low frequencies are just gone because of that phase cancellation. Um, so, so yeah, there's lots of uh, tweaking going on with all the values and, and all that. I feel like if I was a bass player uh, by trade or by choice or, you know, by, you know, most of your time by default, that sounds super interesting to me. I'm not a bass player and it sounds super interesting. So if you are a bass player, you're going to need to hit, uh, hit him up here and, and uh, learn more about that. Uh, So, can I ask right now, like, what do you, what is your main rig right now? I'm, I'm curious because you, you, you said you started out kind of with some bass stuff and you're, you're creating all this noise. I'm just curious what you're actually playing right now. <laughs> um, okay. So, so I've got, I've got two, two rigs right now. I've got the bass rig and then the guitar rig. Um, so the bass rig is the one I actually like, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a band playing out with that one. Of course, not now, thanks to COVID. Right. Um, so, so that one is, uh, that one's really simple. I don't like, um, uh, it's, it's really, it sounds like sacrilege, right? I've, I've always hated to have like a huge amount of pedals in front of me at one time. Um, I actually, I don't even put my pedals on the floor. I rest them on top of the amp. Um, so, so for the bass rig, I have, uh, a damnation what is it damnation dual diy i I forget the actual title of it it's by damnation audio it's a it's a dual drive it's basically like a a really light overdrive uh on one side and then a rat pedal on the other side oh and those those two like they've they've got separate gain controls separate volume controls they sum into one, one stage um and yeah, so that that makes my bass sound like a freight train. What it's kind great. of bass are you playing? Uh, it's a Ibanez Sound Gear something or other. <laughs> I, I love how unspecific you are about your own gear. <laughs> it's a, it's a I don't know. It's it's a bass. <laughs> I don't know. It's got some it's got some numbers, yeah. or letters or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Ibanez uh, does then, that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that thing's great i got that used just recently um i think it was like you know 800 new and i got it for like a third of that so wow, i'm like i'm good. stoked nice um so yeah and then so then my my guitar rig is actually uh it's like a three watt um diy tube amp I, I built it with a a 12 au7 like a low gain dual triode and then just a single el84 output so did you build that one, Nick? I did, yeah. Um, huh. I, th- I found the schematic online. I wish I could remember what the actual um, what the circuit was. It, was. it was just so basic. I was like, I can't not build that. I've got the materials right here. Um, there's literally like, I don't know, 15 components in it total. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and uh, I, had, I had the power, the power uh, transistor and the output transistor from a previous project that kind of got shelved. Um, 
I didn't realize when I was buying the the transformer that the uh, the high tension um, voltage rail was going to be 800 volts. And so when I found that out, I was like, oh, uh, that's too much. That is not safe. Hmm. So I kind of just shelved it for a while. And then eventually I realized I could use the center tap as like, in- instead of using like the two outside taps, I could just tie one of those off and use the center tap and have 400 volts. Hmm. And so, so yeah, I was like, oh, okay, well, I should make a really simple single-ended amplifier. And so I found, I found, yeah, I found Schematic Online. It was like a nice starting point, made a couple just basic tone modifications to it and built it up in a couple of days. Nice. Awesome. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's, uh, it overdrives and you can still talk over it, which I love because I'm just playing in a, in a small room with people in, in adjacent rooms. So it's not like, you know, killing them with volume. But you get all the good noise. I do. That's cool. <laughs> I like that. Well, dude, I really appreciate you sharing your uh, background and your, you know, uh, all those things that make up your awesome Dirty Haggard Audio pedals. Um, and I encourage everybody to make sure they go and check out those things. Um, we have uh, a little thing called Would You Rather right now. That's right. Jared? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to go to our favorite little thing on this show called Would You Rather? Perfect. All right. This week's Would You Rather is brought to us by a fan, and he actually uh, sent this to me a few minutes ago because I went Facebook Live and... I said, hey, I need a would you rather. And they obliged. Excellent. So nice. Jared's like going to Facebook you Live to, right now, by the way. I, I, I am because I'm trapped in the house. Are you going so, to identify this person? Yeah, my my good friend Mike Belcher. And he's the actually he's actually the one that I uh, was talking about that uh, I've known for a long time and we were in a band together and all that kind of thing. Hmm. All right. Well hit us with it, man. Would you rather see the stones? In their prime. So you're going to go to a Stones concert in their prime. And Tony, you probably know where when the prime is. <laughs> it, it, in fact, I, I mean, it's probably a decade or two of prime. Well, there, yeah. I mean, I, I would have a lot I of would prime. say, yeah, early 70s Stones, that's probably. You think? That's yeah. What about 80s? That. Not no, even, that's why he early said 80s? the 70s. Okay. That's why I said the 70s. Early 70s stones. So you're going to go to a concert in early 70s stones. Or Do you get backstage passes? Yes. Okay. You get all the good yummy stuff. T-shirt? Probably. And a hat. <laughs> but it's a trucker hat. Oh. Okay. <laughs> or would you rather be at that house that Zeppelin was at when they recorded the song When the Levee Breaks? And that's a really cool recording because um, I believe they had Bonzo, the drummer, in a hallway. In, in a hallway in yeah. this house, and that's how they got that crazy sound from the yeah. drums. I think I was like in in like a it was either a two story or three story foyer. Mm-hmm. That uh, yeah, that was the sound was just bouncing all over in that in that entrance way. Yeah, and they they had a portable recording studio truck that they used for a long time. 
Yeah. Uh, so that's a good one. I think that's that's a that's a very good one. Um, let's see here, Monsieur, Monsieur Jared, go. Oh, mixing it oh, up. It's, mixing that's it up tough. So here's the thing: you can go nuts and scream and dance and have a good time if you're at the concert. Heartbreaker. Uh, seeing the Stones, that? right? Yeah. But you have to be quiet and be kind of a fly on the wall if you're at the recording with Led Zeppelin. But I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan, so I'd rather be at the recording. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Tony. Wow. I mean, this is a hard one. It, it really is. It's a tough choice because, you know, while it is fun to, you know, to be the, uh, you know, fly on the wall, as Jared said, I, I just think, you know, seeing the stones in the, uh, in their prime, um, Man, that would just I I, th- I think I'm gonna go with that with that option. I think it would be fun. I mean, I don't I don't think I think the first time I saw the Stones was probably in the eighties, so I didn't ever have a chance to see them th- that early. And, but they were probably super good back then anyway, right? Even in the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it was still, you know, what was it like eighty one was tattoo you or whatever. Yeah. And uh but you know, yeah, you know, some of the really some of my favorite stuff I think comes from late sixties, early seventies. So, yeah, I I think that's uh, yeah. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna do the set the way back machine and go there. Plus, okay. with the backstage passes, t-shirt, and trucker hat. I mean, how can you go wrong? Yeah, yeah, you get all that. Plus, probably a few girls too, if that's your thing. <laughs> if that's your thing. On that one, I knew I, I was I was like, there's no way we're getting out of this without Jared saying something like that. So Nick, I, I know. what what would you do? Uh, I would absolutely prefer being in the recording session. I, I love just watching the recording process, being involved with it. And I, I feel like that that like nostalgia feeling when like you watch something being tracked and then you know years later you listen to it you're just like oh yeah i remember that Mm -hmm. like that's that's so cool to me yeah Yeah. you know i'm i'm torn i have been spending a lot of time watching um classic albums the tv the tv series it's it's back on i think it started out on vh1 uh i just watched the number of the beast classic album and they got the guy with the board and he's punching in. He's like, oh, here's Nico. And, you know, and here, here comes Dave Murray, you know, and, and you just see that this track come to life and it's, yeah. it's awesome. And they talk about all the little nuances and how they got those things. So I find that super, super interesting. And then having recorded, I, there are things that I'm, I, I'm fascinated by as well. Um, now that said, the one that you're specifically talking about, Jared, is is one of those like rare moments. Like that was capturing lightning in a bottle. Like there's no way they would have gotten that sound without it being right there at that time with those mics in that hallway. You know. This so what's your so choice? Side? Come I'm on. getting there. I'm getting there. Come on. I'm getting there. I'm going with the Stones. <laughs> because, <laughs> I almost forgot what the heck we were doing. Well, it's okay. I would have liked to have been just rocking my brains out at uh, at an early Stone show instead. If I'm being honest, but I love yeah. the I love the whole recording thing. I do. It's it's great. You could sit next to me if you want. I could. That would be great. 
in my head, I just did. And I, then I moved, um, <laughs> six feet apart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, guys, we got a lot of, we've got a lot of people to thank here. People are wondering how in these desperate times in these nasty, nasty times, people can help podcasts like this one, for instance. And we've been very fortunate. I think as we talked on last time, we had three new executive producers come on board. That's fantastic. If you're wondering how you might help us out, go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and you can find out different levels in which you can participate and become a patron of this podcast. Each level comes with its own fine bevy of prizes and swag, if you will, of t-shirts and barefoot buttons and Gosh, picks and stickers and all sorts of things. But there is one, the ones that are nearest and dearest to our hearts. And in addition to all that great stuff, Jared, what happens? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. And that's what I'm going to do right now. Let's start with Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant. Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Tim Nowak, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brad Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Mark Garton, and Steve Keys. But wait, but wait, there's more because just a, just a little bit of a step up from the regular executive producer level, we have a group that we like to call our grand poobas. So a tip of our old fezzes to our fellow poobas. That would include Jonathan Jerusic, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Foster, Sean S. S. Tommy Manasco. Thank you, each and every one of you. And if we haven't read your name and you participate through Patreon, we thank you too. Well done, Tony. Thank you one and all. We really, truly appreciate it. Uh, Nick Rogers, where can people find you again? Um, you can find me at Dirty Haggard Audio or on Instagram at Dirty Haggard Audio. And if you're on the website, uh, you can use uh, coupon code ORBIT. Uh, and you'll get 20% off orbit Whoa, 20% That's cool. off. That's fantastic. Cause these are already really well priced. So you're going to save a bundle and get an awesome pedal for less than a bundle. <laughs> you can use that on your side. If you want, <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> and uh, can they order your special top secret pedal as well? Oh yes, you can. Um, You'll have to direct message me, but uh, yeah, if you're interested in a one-knob fuzz that has super low noise floor, then yeah, hit me up. That's very cool. We appreciate that, and uh, I, you know, I love it when builders are able to make a connection with the audience, and we are very thankful, man. Um, Yay. Very exciting. Everybody, make sure you get on out there. Get one of those uh, demonic percolators, or a, a death fuzz distortion pedal, or a torsion, or what the secret stuff that he has you can hit him up go get it go get it it's 20 percent off that's a great deal especially now tony where can people find you let's just say you need a special pick guard for your special guitar you're 
you're stuck inside your house and you've got all these projects building up and you say, you know what? I need a new pick guard. Head over to pickguardian.com. See some of the things that I have as standard fare, but I do so much more than just that. It's sometimes easier just to drop me an email and say, hey, I need this. So you can go to the website, which is pickguardian.com. There's a link to email, or you can shoot me an email at info at pickguardian.com. If you want to see some of the projects that we talk about from time to time, go over to Instagram, and that's pickguardian and the number one. Awesome. Jared. Well, if you, uh, you guys need some pickups, if you have some old vintage pickups or pickups that need fixed, repaired, looked over, whatever, um, I'm very inexpensive and fast at that and uh, very, uh, very good at those things. Also, if you <laughs> want a new set of pickups like uh, some PAFs or, you know, some Stratocaster wide range, uh, I now have noiseless Jazzmaster pickups. And Can you make those look old or new? Oh, yes, I could <laughs> if you wanted to. And I Could you have you, one of each? Ooh. You can. <laughs> and you can have different color covers and everything. Nice. Um, but you can get them at a lower cost by punching in the code word HOME, and that'll get you 15% off. Where Holy should they smokes. go? com. Find me on Instagram, too. I'm always posting cool rewinds there. Yes, that's awesome, too. All these good deals. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have a good deal for you because I'm not making anything, but I'm trying my best to make sure that us, me, and the other two knobs here are bringing you uh, people that do. So uh, you can shoot me a message, Todd, at theguitarknobs.com. You can DM me on Instagram, at guitarknobs. We would love to hear from you. Uh, send us your would you rather, please, because those are super fun. Yeah. And uh, just uh, give us a shout. Say hi. Do all those things. Um, Nick, Mr. Nick Rogers. Mr. Nick Rogers from Dirty Haggard Audio. We're so thankful that you came on our show and we got to share uh, your story with our audience. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Um, ladies and gentlemen, have a great Guitar Week and subscribe! I think you called me like a robot, like a swear word. (laughs) Robot. Robot. Oh, what what did I even say? I don't even remember. It's taco cool, man. It's taco cool. Taco cool. (laughs) Really taco cool. (laughs) Yeah, your dogs aren't on the internet too much. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not listening. I'm just noodling on my guitar. Oh, I see. Yeah. When you when you come back on, you you talk super speed. It's like it's catching up to to real time. It's Maybe really you're catching up. No. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.